Note to Self. Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast, Note to Self. For our first episode, we have a very special guest with us today, Ms. Ranjini Sugumaran. Can you please introduce yourself, Ranjini? Hi, Abhinaya, and hi, Maitli. It's so nice to meet you, and thank you for inviting me to be interviewed on music therapy for your podcast. Uh, my name is Ranjini Sukumaran, and I am a board-certified music therapist, and I work in a variety of settings, such as hospice, healthcare, hospitals, schools, and in a private practice. And I'm so excited to um, share my experiences and progress of clients with you as well as um, even a live music therapy intervention. I hope you guys like it. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our first question for you is very general. Some of our listeners might not be as familiar with music therapy. So could you give us a summary of what music therapy is? I would love to. I'm going to start off with the definition by the American Music Therapy Association, since music therapy was established as a healthcare profession here in America. Um, And although its roots trace back to ancient cultures in Africa, India, Persia, China, and so on, um, the traditional definition here in America is that music therapy is the clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions to accomplish individualized goals within a therapeutic relationship by a credentialed professional who has completed an approved music therapy program. And an approved music therapy program entails at least 1,200 hours of clinical hands-on work, as well as at least a four-year college degree, although I have a master's in music therapy, um, in addition to other requirements such as sitting for a board exam. Now, to translate what this definition means, uh, a music therapist basically builds a trustworthy therapeutic bond with the client or clients and completes an assessment of where he or she is at in terms of their needs and goals. Then they collaborate together, the client and therapist, to formulate a treatment plan. And then they monitor the client's progress over continued sessions, making sure to rewrite goals and evaluate the progress based on how he or she is doing. So to put that in an example, um, one of my clients might come in exhibiting some mild anxiety um, indicated by screaming or demanding things and might exhibit some aggression by wanting to reach out and knock things over. So the primary goal would be to reduce anxiety and reduce aggression. And we'd make them specific goals, realistic goals. Now, however, uh, as we're progressing, even though he or she is making progress, suddenly a new problem or symptom appears, which this has happened, maybe due to a change in medication. So in this situation uh, with this client, basically the sleep was compromised. So for many days, he, he or she was unable to sleep. And so the primary goal became about increasing relaxation and sleep hygiene and consulting with a parent and psychiatrist as needed to also monitor if the medication and change in medication would be helpful and work. So that's kind of um, a traditional definition followed by an explanation, followed by an example of what music therapy is. Um, So Abhinaya and Maithali, does that explain what music therapy is to you? Yeah, that was a great explanation. And I really liked the example you gave. It shows the real life aspects and applications music therapy can have. 
So you did talk about one benefit that music therapy can have with helping with sleep or anxiety. So are there other scientific benefits that music therapy has? Definitely. Um, music therapy, especially with the recent research, um, has proven that it has multiple benefits. But to keep my answer concise, um, I would say from my experience and including the evidence-based research on music therapy, the top um, five or six goals might be improving mood through increased endorphins, serotonin and dopamine, which also helps with other mental illnesses like anxiety and depression, improving communication. For instance, one of my clients on the spectrum who is nonverbal um, has been able to gain more and more speech, even though he was labeled as nonverbal through music therapy. So, and even stroke patients are able to regain their ability to speak through music therapy. Another benefit of music therapy, scientific benefit is it helps with social skills. It's also very cathartic. It can help to release emotions, pent up emotions. It helps to redirect and relieve us from physical and emotional pain. It helps with rehabilitation, healing from trauma. And these are just a couple of the top goals. And I'd be happy to explain any of these goals in further detail. That sounds really cool. There's definitely a lot of scientific benefits to music therapy. And since these benefits themselves are so diverse, how can music therapy be applied in different settings, like music education versus healthcare versus the community? Um, that's another great question. So in the healthcare setting, um, music therapists can work in home hospice visits, senior facilities, uh, hospitals, rehab centers, and private practices. Uh, fortunately, I've gotten a chance to work in all of these. And although due to COVID, I'm not able to go for in-person hospice visits because they're fragile seniors, um, and I'm not able to go to the dementia facility right now as well, I or the hospital, I am able to do my private practice um, partially online and partially in person at the studio. And if a couple home visits, all with COVID safety, wearing masks and using wipes to wipe down instruments. And then um, in terms of the school and education setting, music therapy can be used to implement school-wide values. Uh, for instance, I've composed a song on respect for the entire uh, school, grades like uh, TK through fifth grade um, that I share with the class. I visit each class and we learn and discuss that song that I composed and what it means to show respect, how to give and receive respect um, and, and personal experiences they've had, as well as it can be used for um, deeper emotional awareness with smaller groups. Sometimes I collaborate with the school counselor and we do a song of their choice. I sing and play it and then we analyze what the message of that song is, which is called lyric analysis. Um, I also use it in a school and education setting uh, for meeting academic goals, like some of my special needs kids at the school. I might do a song on shapes or a song on numbers to help them improve in these areas or just to improve in their attention span. And then in terms of music performance, this is an area that people kind of get confused with because they think music, singing and playing, well, that's a performer. Well, to a certain degree, music therapy can be a performance and music performance can be music therapy, but they have different goals. Music performance is generally for entertainment versus music therapy is uh, intended to meet therapeutic goals. 
Also, the expectations in music performance are very high quality skills, musical skills from both the performer and sometimes even from the listener. They should be aware and knowledgeable in the type of music, whether it's opera or piano or Carnatic music. Um, versus in music therapy, the client doesn't have to have any musical knowledge or skill. And it's not about achieving a certain level, level of musical skill. Um, and how I use music therapy in performance is sometimes, because I also teach vocal lessons, uh, sometimes I incorporate therapeutic elements, like meeting them where they're at, or allowing them a space to, if they feel like it, allowing them a space to share how this song relates to a personal experience. But I try to separate and distinguish the two because they have different goals. Um, how a music therapist could use it. Another example is like someone experiencing stage fright or anxiety. A music therapist can help them work through their stage fright anxiety by having them jo join a choir uh, or any kind of group musical performance. And that could help them overcome their stage fright and also build their confidence. And someone experiencing loneliness or isolation could also benefit. So it might be a suggestion in a music therapy suggestion, in a music therapy intervention, for me to uh, suggest to a client, why don't you try out uh, joining like a music performance or performing something on your own? And that wouldn't be right away, you know, might a couple of years, that would be a suggestion for them to explore and transfer what they've learned and their skills and build on their goals. Um, so that's a, a detailed description with the difference between music performance and music therapy, but how they sometimes overlap. Um, and so never confuse a music therapist as a music performer or entertainer. Although, like I said, they do overlap and some people don't take offense. But from my experience in grad school, um, one of my supervisors, we were in the hospital and um, the, the patient was like, oh, look, a guitar player. And she's like, no, I'm a music therapist. <laughs> so, um, and then in terms of community, with community, music therapy can be seen in yoga centers. I have a music therapy friend who's done like a music therapy group or even like a music wellness group, not necessarily music therapy, but music wellness for some of the yoga visitors there or yoga participants. And then um, it can be seen at community clinics, correctional facilities like prisons, juvenile centers, daycare centers, or after-school programs, religious places like temples, mosques, churches. And then um, right now, due to COVID season, I am trying to provide music therapy in this domain as well, because I provide in the healthcare field, school education field, and performance field. So in community, I try to provide online community music therapy groups open to young adults uh, up to seniors. And we do a variety of things and variety of topics, um, but they seem to enjoy it and benefit from it. The last one was on stress relief and people said their stress levels went down from an eight down to like a one or two. So that was really wonderful. And I try to touch on cultural awareness too. Like in one of the last online community music therapy groups, I provided a prayer or like a Indian hymn called the Lingashtagam and ask them to describe what images came up for them. And then someone else was inspired to share a song from her heritage and culture, a Spanish song. It's, it's really wonderful and beautiful to see the community connecting and benefiting from these music therapy and music wellness um, exercises. Wow, that is that is so interesting. It's one, it's very interesting how you take uh, music therapy and apply it in a school setting. 
because I think a lot of people don't really know about that. It's also really interesting how you talked about yoga and music therapy, because I know definitely like everyone knows, has heard about yoga as a form of stress relief, but music therapy is definitely something that people should hear more about and apply more as well. Thanks. I, I agree with you, Maithili. And like speaking of yoga, people even do, um, I know a couple of people who do music therapy for pregnant moms, just to like share that music, that rhythmic music um, with their infant in their womb and um, to de-stress the mom too. Wow, that's, that's, that's so cool. Really wonderful, the applications of music therapy in different settings. So you talked about how um, your music therapy brought about cultural awareness and this connection between different communities and community members. So is there a clip of a song you would like to sing that kind of displays this cultural awareness and especially your Indian American background? Um, thank you for asking that, Maitri. I would I would love to do that. Um, maybe I could sing you a clip of this beautiful Mira Bhajan. Um, it's called Jago Bansi. I'll just sing a couple lines real quick. It's in the Ragam Lalit. So for those of you who are familiar with that, who are Indian classical connoisseurs, I hope that you enjoy it. Okay, here we go. Mm. I hope you guys can hear me well. I know that we are doing this online through a Zoom call. So hopefully nothing gets cut out as I sing for you. Jago Bansi Vaidi Dhanana Jago Bansi Vaidi Dhanana Jago Mori Yare Jago familiar with it that was really beautiful and I really enjoyed listening to your singing thank you so much for sharing that with us my pleasure I think it's so important 
being first generation Indian American to carry on the culture and heritage, my culture of origin. I am very appreciative of American culture and all, all cultures. Um, and like I said, I try to meet each client or patient based on their background. So for instance, um, when I once visited a hospice patient who was only Spanish speaking, um, we would do an occasional English song, but for the most part, I would uh, translate with her sister, her daughter's present and um, or Google Translate if her daughters weren't present and then learn and sing Spanish songs for her. That's really amazing. I think music can really go across so many boundaries. And both of us being from, me and Maitley also being from an Indian American background, we can really relate to wanting to carry on that culture. So it's really great that you can sing this. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. I was wondering, did it make you feel more relaxed? Did you feel like swaying along? Any thoughts or feelings come up for you? I think for me personally, it was definitely relaxing. It made me feel very calm. That's good. That's good. How about for you, Maitli? Yeah, it was definitely very relaxing and your singing was amazing. So it made me very happy as well. Oh, happy too. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm happy that you were happy. <laughs> now, connecting to more of your experience with music therapy, could you share maybe one or two stories from your experience and maybe a, maybe some progress with a few of your patients? Definitely. Um, this rarely happens, but going back to that Spanish client of mine, Spanish-speaking client, she was in her 60s, um, you know, diagnosed as a hospice patient, and I would visit her in a facility in San Francisco. Sometimes her daughters would be present, and we built a relationship over time. I would visit her um, over the course of maybe eight or nine months until the big progress was that she got discharged because she was improving. And my highlight, one of my most favorite moments with her was on Valentine's Day when I went to visit her um, and we, we talked and we sang and her daughters weren't present that day. She said something in Spanish, which I translated onto my uh, phone, Google Translate, and basically it translated as you are the epitome of love. So I was so touched that she felt a connection with someone who is from a different generation and, and different background and world. And the music helped to bridge, bridge both of our cultures and both of our experiences. Even though I was there for her and didn't share any of my personal experiences, she could see that I was doing my best to empathize and connect with her and help her feel better during such an isolating, almost boring time for her just laying in bed all the time. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. And I wanted to share another miraculous story of progress with one of my three-year-old clients on the spectrum. He recently came to me and we have sessions like twice a week. And within the first five sessions, he started saying his first words like happy. And um, this was so shocking for the parent and me because he had been labeled as nonverbal and he had received ABA therapy for seven months and with no progress and no words through ABA therapy. And that's what's often recommended for kids on the spectrum. People are only learning about the benefits of music therapy now, how it helps build communication and social skills and attention span, so many other benefits. Um, and recently in my session with him today, he's continuing to make progress for, in, for instance, for if you're happy and you know it, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Um, not only did he clap, but he said the word clap. It's amazing because 
you know, their mode of communicating and connecting with their external environment is not verbally like the typically functioning kid. And so for him to put that thought into a word, his mom asked me today, you know, how come he's still not saying any words in ABA therapy, but with you, he's saying words. And I said, that's the power of music therapy. It triggers a part of your brain. I think it's Broca's area and maybe another part that helps to um, in, improve your speech and your communication. Additionally, at the end of our session today, he also sat next to me and called me Amma, which basically translate as, translates as mom. And that's a beautiful connection and bond for a kid to make with someone in such a short span of time. I was so touched, you know? He's also making other progress, like singing some of his first words. Can you shake it up high? Can you shake it down low? And he's saying the word low for that sentence. And for up high, he said the word up. So this is just some of his progress. And I'm so excited for all the growth that we're going to continue to have. And sure, there may be moments of regression or ups and downs or new problems, but it's it's what I love about music therapy is building that relationship and seeing those moments of breakthrough in clients. Wow, that's incredible. It shows the true power of music and music therapy as well. The stories were very touching as well. Thank you. I just wanted to say one thing real quick. In my training, it was very, very much highlighted to maintain a professional relationship, not a personal relationship, which is why as a therapist, I rarely share my personal reactions or experiences, um, unless it's for the benefit of the client or parent. Um, so I would say maybe it's an intimate or trustworthy relationship, like an intimate bond, sometimes even closer than they may have with someone they've known for a long time, because the music is so reinforcing. Um, when this client who's not good with eye, eye, um, eye contact, when we explore on piano, he'll turn and look at me and sustain eye contact for a long time. So it's those moments of intimate connection that don't usually happen for clients like that outside of the session that build the bond, you know, especially sharing feelings if they're verbal and high functioning. Thank you so much for clarifying that. No problem. I think this is a great place to end our first segment. And in our part two, we are going to be talking more with Ranjani about her favorite part about working as a music therapist, and she's even going to demonstrate a an intervention for us. So tune in next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out Ranjani's amazing YouTube channel, Ranjani Music Therapy. Or if you want more information about her music therapy sessions, make sure to check out her website, hwmtherapy.com, or email her directly at hwmtherapy at gmail.com. All her links will be in the description of this episode. And thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good day. Bye.